0: the second edition episode of Intelligent Theology. I know it's been a while. I really am thankful that you guys checked out the first episode. Um, A lot of followers on Instagram that I really have a lot of respect for and love for. My brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, You guys are awesome. I would love to have some of you guys hopefully on the show in the future. or We could do a live stream or something on Instagram. That would be awesome. Um, We also do have an Instagram page, which I believe it's Intelligent Theo at Twitter. Oh, excuse me. No, Twitter page. A Twitter page, not just an Instagram page. Um, And yeah, if you want to check that out, you can. I'm actually working on a Facebook page. Of course, Facebook has limited... The amount of people that you can reach. So I didn't really bother at the beginning with making a Facebook page, but maybe if you guys are on Facebook, you can join that. Might do that sometime this week. But um, yeah, I know it's been a while since I did the last episode, and just been super busy uh, with work and stuff, starting a new job, so it's been crazy. But um, I'm just ready to jump into this episode. I'm really excited. Now before I start, I want to go ahead and warn. Uh, some of you people who might be fans of evangelical preaching or, you know, maybe universal preaching and some of you guys who really support the charismatic movement. If there's any of you, I know, uh, the majority of people that I have listening to this podcast are probably reformed people, but also, you know, I wanted to do this to not just make the reformed, um, Christians aware but also make everybody aware including the Christians who may be not aware of the false teachers uh, that they're listening to or unaware of that uh, which there's plenty out there and I think uh, us as being uh, reformed Christians really need to make our brothers and sisters aware um, of what they're listening to you know and really Address the issue of evangelicals and Arminianism as this is false gospels. So we want to be careful with our words because we don't want to say, well, you know, you listen to so and so, you might be going to hell. But um <laughs> we might have to put it in a little bit more easier terms for them to understand instead of just jumping all over them. But we do know that th- these are heretics. A lot of them are heretics. Uh, there is some people who like to. Um, kind of blend both together because they want to be neutral, which I don't think is right to blend, you know, Calvinism and Arminianism together. I think you're either one way or the other. I mean, that's clearly uh, what Jesus says in in scripture. You know, you're with me or you're against me. So um, I wanted to get into this right away today. Like I said, we're going to be talking about false teachers, false prophets, a whole bunch of them. There's a lot of them out there, especially mainstream pastors, uh, churches that you might know, uh, Saddleback Church, Hillsong Church, Elevation Church. There's so many of of these false churches teaching a false doctrine. And uh, the verse I wanted to um, open up with is uh, Ezekiel 13.9. It says, My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions, who give lying divinations. They shall not be in the council of my people, nor be enrolled in the register of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord God. So, God will not justify those who are preaching a false gospel. There's no way in ever will he justify those who preach a false gospel. He clearly states that in Ezekiel thirteen nine. And we have to be so careful to what we listen to and we have to be so discerning on what we're taking from and who we're listening to and what churches we're going to. And really, you know, no matter what church you go to, you still have to be in the mode of being discerning, looking at the Bible for yourself and looking to what the pastor or the preacher is saying and lining them up and seeing if it's biblical or not. Um, No man has authority over you. So if you want to challenge your pastor in, in in a good way, not in a disrespectful way, but in a good humble way and question him and say well why do you teach this or why do you teach that you can uh, depending on the church you know certain churches baptist church would be um, set up differently from something like a presbyterian church where y- you have elders and the baptist church usually have uh, the church churches uh, a lot more involved with the decision making and they don't really have that much trust <laughs> in having elders or anything like that um, so it, it's just the mix mixture of different things, uh, different denominations. Uh, there's Reformed Baptists, Reformed Presbyterian, so on and so forth. Um, but that that's another thing that we've kind of lost um, is denominations. you know, a lot of these churches now all claim to be non-denominational, but they have to get their money from somewhere. Uh, a lot of the churches that claim to be non-denominational, are usually independent fundamental Baptists when it comes down to it because they get the money from the Baptists. But I just want to go ahead and dive into it and show you and expose these false teachers, these TV preachers. I'm not going to even bother with Mr. Joel Olston because I think we all know (laughs) a lot about him to make us aware of what his position is on certain things. He does not teach scripture at all. He twists scripture if he ever does teach it i rarely see him say anything uh... he hardly even mentions jesus's name um, so w- i mean we could be pretty sure that joel Olstein is a false teacher now i might do that for a later episode but right now i'm not gonna bother with someone like him or joy Meyer, who i believe is a is a false prophet i believe that um... clearly in, in paul's romans um, and paul's books basically uh they basically teach us that there should not be woman pastors and preachers over men. Uh that that's a good that's good controversy actually because uh, a lot of people will y- debate you especially women about that. Um but I'm not going to bother with that. We're going to jump right into it. This next clip I'm going to play is from Elevations Church. Stephen Fernix fernick is the pastor of this church and um he um apparently it says in the church that he got uh direct divine revelation from god to build elevation church and we can clearly see in scripture that is not true no one gets direct divine um revelation from god especially um in the new testament we can see that um I don't, I don't think that, that's biblical at all. But I'm going to go ahead and play what he said. He basically uh, explains this pretty much uh, for himself in this clip. So let's go ahead and take a listen.
1: How much attention do you pay to the numbers beneath the speed limit in that moment? Those numbers mean nothing to you. Why? Because somebody that you love is in trouble. And in that moment, any parent will break the law for the sake of love. Any human parent will break the law for the sake of love. And what will really turn your heart to God is not when you hear his laws which were given for our good by the way but they were powerless because there wasn't enough leverage in our action to keep the law so what god did when he sent his son and this is why we get excited in church and this is why tears fill our eyes when we think about jesus and this is why the gospel is still good news in the world today because god broke the law for love I said to every sinner, God broke the law for love. I mean that he scooped you up in his arms. I mean that he's carrying you in his grace. I mean that what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his son in the likeness of a sinful
2: man.
0: Wow, right? (laughs) He just said, uh... God did this likeness by sending his power in the likeness of a sinful man. Um, So basically, is he claiming that Jesus, uh, our lamb, the sinless lamb, is sinful? Did he just claim that? I mean, seems like that to me. I mean, you can argue with me and you could say or argue. A point, making a point for him and saying, well, he didn't mean that way. He meant that uh, Jesus broke the law in this way or, you know, uh, said, uh, he broke the law for you. He got rid, he abolished the law for you. You could say that, okay? That would be a good argument. Um, But shall I play more from Stephen Furnick of Elevation Church? I think so. Maybe you'll be convinced by the next clip.
3: I want Elevation Church to be a church for the overlooked. For the unloved. Not for us to have as many different varieties of Bible studies. We got Beth Moore and Kay Arthur and Joyce Meyer. No. You know what we got? We got Jesus. We preach him. We preach so that people can come to faith in Christ. And we want them to get in a small group and serve so that other people can meet Christ. If you know Jesus, I am sorry to break it to you. This church is not for you. Yeah, but I just gave my life to Christ last week at Elevation. Last week was the last week that Elevation Church existed for you. You're in the army now. We do one thing. We preach Jesus so people far from God can know Jesus. And then we train them up so that others can know Jesus. It's called kingdom multiplication. It's what Elevation Church is all about. And over 500 people have given their lives to Jesus for the first time in this church in the last five months. That's over 100 per month. if that doesn't get you excited and you need the doctrines of grace as defined by john calvin to excite you you in the wrong church let me get a phone book there are 720 churches in charlotte i'm sure we can find one where you can stuff your face until you're so obese spiritually that you can't even move this is a church that wants to get you on the field playing the game changing lives looking for an opportunity to impact it's what we're all about we're focused like a laser we're not perfect but we know what we came to do. Luke 19.10, seek and save that which is lost. It's the mission of Jesus. It's the mission of Elevation Church. And may we never become a church of front row spectators who judge the deeds being done more than we care about the people that Jesus wants to save.
0: Again, craziness uh, basically said get out of our church if you believe in the doctrines of grace by John Calvin. Uh, citing that... You- the doctrines of, of grace are not of the Bible, basically, is what he's saying, um, which we clearly see throughout Scripture that God is sovereign and he is graceful. Uh, we are saved by grace through faith. That's what it says in Ephesians. So, someone like that is very dangerous, very dangerous. Uh, the way he words things is very clever, too, uh, clever in the way of, of the devil. Uh, we know that Satan is also very clever Clever in the way he words things and the way he appears and the way he tempts everything uh and and everybody um the devil does the same thing and i'm not comparing stephen fernick to the devil do i personally believe this man is saved no i i hate to break it to some of you but i don't believe this man is walking in christ i believe he needs to be rebuked um and actually Follow the true gospel. Uh, basically, he's ba- he says we shouldn't judge anybody by, our, uh, by their works. Uh, but basically, he is preaching works. He's saying, if you don't go and disciple, you don't belong in my church. We are commanded to make disciples of all nations. Jesus said so. However, that is still within the boundaries of works. Discipleship comes through sanctification. Uh, Stephen Furnick says your salvation means nothing compared to the salvation of someone else or basically saying your salvation is nothing our discipleship is more important and we see this throughout the churches who are evangelical churches who are evangelical preachers it's all about preaching for the world you have to preach to the world we don't want to inform our church that we're in. uh, No, we're not going to do that. We're going to inform those who are not in the church. When scripture tells us that we're commanded to make disciples of all nations, but also address God's people, make God's people aware, not just the non believer I mean, it's it's crazy because he says, well, you say the sinner's prayer and you're good. All right. You're not saved by the sinner's prayer. You're saved by God's grace through your, f- through faith. Not your faith of your own, though. God gives you his grace. He gives you the faith. You receive the righteousness. This is a big problem within the evangelical church. They feel like the works are more important than your salvation. When you're not saved by works. You're not saved by how many pre People you preach to on the street or in the church. You're saved by God's grace through faith and not faith of your own, not works of your own. God imputes his righteousness from his son, Jesus, into you. He basically injects his righteousness into you. God is the sovereign savior, not man. Man does not save anyone. Only God can save. God is sovereign and God is gracious. God is holy. We are not. I would like to read out of Jeremiah uh, 23, 16 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesize to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord. It shall be well with you to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart. They say no disaster shall come upon you. So if you follow your own heart, no disaster shall come upon you is what these false teachers are saying. And. It's just crazy, you know, Elevation Church, uh, before I wrap up this section about, um, this first pastor, uh, that we're exposing. Elevation Church is a huge church. I mean, they are online services. They do online services, which most churches do nowadays. But I mean, they, they these, this is huge. I mean, billions and billions of people watch, um, uh, and uh probably just a billion no'm just kidding, um no, but they're making billions of dollars there's i would say f- Stephen Fernick is probably a a billionaire, I would say uh that's just my guess. uh guess, but uh he yeah, he says he got divine revelation from God, and that scripture clearly prohibits that that I just read that they say they get direct divine revelation from God (laughs) Uh, it's just crazy and I I I think Furnick and Elevation Church are really popular and um, even people who are within the reform world uh, that I'm aware of are still listening to their songs and um, promoting their worship songs so I just want everybody to be aware I want Everybody to pray for Furnick in Elevation Church and the especially the people that go there uh, to open their eyes to the real gospel, not the false gospel, not the false teaching that one day someone like Stephen Furnick in Elevation Church, w- they will repent and um, turn to the real gospel of Jesus. So uh, on to our next uh, false teacher, false prophet, shall we take a listen?
4: Jesus, you know, he walked and lived as as a man and he didn't he didn't live as God on the earth.
0: (laughs) Wow. Uh, Can you believe it? He said that Jesus did not live as God on the earth. Okay, so then we can go ahead and say, well, he was just using a different phrase of words. He was saying it a different way. Um, I don't know what the argument for that would be that. That's kind of hard to figure out. Anyways, uh, that's notoriously the notorious Todd White from um, Lifestyle Christianity and association with people like Bethel Church, uh, Kenneth Copeland, um, (laughs) the crazy Bethel Charismatic Church, the crazy charismatics of Bethel. We'll get into them maybe just a little bit later. Um, So, yeah, there's Todd White. Um, I guess maybe we'll, I'll play the rest of the clip. Let's, let's see what he has to say. Let's see if he, uh, tries to redeem himself.
4: Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary. She is, he is born as a man. He's not born as God. He's God's son, but he had to do what he did as a man in order to make me right with God.
0: Yeah. So, uh, that's about what I expected. He did not do anything to redeem himself. Um, Todd White, very notorious, uh, for this new movie they actually have with Bethel Church called Holy Ghost. Um, I remember a few years, years ago before I really started to discover the doctrines of grace and, um, was still stuck in the piety of evangelicalism. Um, I saw that film, Holy Ghost, I believe it was released in 2013, 2014. It was only a couple of years ago, uh, about four years ago. <laughs> and I saw it and I watched it and it featured uh, the guitarist from Korn, Brian Head Wild who I thought had an amazing story and an amazing testimony um, about him being drug ridden and he was a meth addict and all this crazy stuff, and he came to Jesus. So I was so intrigued by that story, and I was am- just amazed, you know. Here's a guy who was in this rock and roll band and, uh, well, heavy metal band, and he came to Jesus and left it all behind, and I thought that story was so incredible. So I had to watch this movie, Holy Ghost, and I watched the movie, and Todd White is there with Brian Welch and the bassist from Corn named Fildy. And they're doing this weird healing stuff like, okay, I'm going to put my hands on you and pray and it's just going to magically go away. Everything. All your pain is going to go away like that. And all of a sudden people were like, yeah, my pain's gone and all this stuff like that. And I was like, this is weird, man. This is really weird. Something about this doesn't feel right. Something about this feels fake. And I hated it because it, it ate me up inside because I was like, I don't want this to be all of christianity i i said to myself i hope not everything about christianity is a lie you know i actually had those thoughts you know because of seeing this film it it made me question a lot of things and now looking back on it rightfully so because it was false film from false prophets and brian head welch the the people he associates himself with it's pretty sad and i I feel bad for him and i want to pray for him That he actually comes to Christ and repents. Um, Same with Todd White. But it's just crazy to see. uh, Someone like Todd White go out there. And act like he could just have the powers of Christ himself. To heal the sick. And all this stuff. I mean it's amazing to see the charismatic movement. Because of how crazy. Deceptive. And evil. And divination. They're giving into divination and stuff like that. Um, They're. Whoever they're praying to is not the same God as we pray to, um, but I want to play one more of uh, Todd White's <laughs> a montage of the wonderful Todd White, and rebuking him and rebuttling him is the great Paul Washer. So, guys, you got to listen to this. Here, here's a great one.
4: See the cross to me isn't the revelation of my sin. The cross is actually the revealing of my value.
2: People say the cross is a sign of how much man is worth. That's not true. The cross is a sign of how depraved we really are, that it took the death of God's own son.
4: See, we've said that we're worthless Mm -hmm. and we're worms in the dirt, not realizing that that's what Satan is. Satan's a worm in the dirt and he's worthless, and he's trying to recreate himself (laughs) in the soul of Christians.
2: Now, this is very, very important. God's motive for saving people is not found in that people. Something underneath of that sin must have been of great value for heaven to go
4: bankrupt to get me back. Mm.
2: The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When holy God looks at sinful men, the only thing their sin motivates God to do is judge them. God does not save us because we deserve to be saved. God saves us because he is a savior. God does not love us because we deserve to be loved. We do not deserve the love of God. We deserve his wrath. God saves us because he himself is love.
0: Wow. Great preaching by the great Paul Washer. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Todd White, though, (laughs) he still drips me out. That guy. He, we all know a lot of these guys are doing it for the money. I mean, obviously, someone like Stephen Fernick who won't even give out how much he makes or how much the church makes. Um, he won't even disclose his finances at all. We know that these guys are doing it for the money. I mean, Todd White, fake killings all day, making, making bank for these fake killings. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read out of Second Timothy four verses four through three says for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So ear itchers, ear ticklers, things that you want to hear, not the hardcore truth. And I feel like that a lot of that um, also is going on in our media, too. I mean, everywhere you look, it's it's that in our world. They rather let you hear what you want to hear than actually the truth. Um, But going on into that, let's talk about. I think that's a perfect verse for our next uh church uh that we're going to call out, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I mean this with so much love and so much passion. For all the people being deceived, I really feel bad. I, I really pray that we are able to make the people who are listening or attending these churches or supporting these churches aware of what's going on because we need to have an outreach to them and we need to start going out there and preaching the true gospel to the people who who might still be lost because they're following um this false gospel and one of the most notorious churches i would say uh for preaching this false gospel is the one and the only hillsong church hillsong united uh i believe is the musical group these guys I think all of us um probably who are in our our early twenties, late twenties, um, maybe some people who are in their early thirties have listened to Hillsong. Song. If you if you've been in the faith for a long time, um, you've heard Hillsong at least once, somewhere, in someone's church, on Christian radio, anywhere. They're everywhere pretty much, um, as far as, you know, Christian music goes and to me um i have a certain view on modern christian music that i don't really want to share too much but i do believe some a lot of it you can't really tell from uh the pop stations or the secular music of of the world and i think that's a huge problem but hillsong particularly um wants to make music fun they want to make worship music fun um <laughs> they don't necessarily want to make it from their hearts for god but they want to make it fun but there's been a lot of controversy um when it came to Hillsong, especially over recent years. About a year ago, I would say, um, the notorious American pastor of Hillsong, Carl Lentz, who hangs out with people like Justin Bieber and Jay Z and these people you would never imagine would bear the fruit of of Christ with them. Um Carl Lentz Denied on the View, which is with Whoopi Goldberg and all those people. Boring show, in my opinion uh that abortion was a sin he basically told them he stated this uh, they said if someone had an abortion came into your church uh basically they said i'm paraphrasing of course would you call that a sin and he said no before i need to do that i would like to know the person's name so basically denying the truth <laughs> in front of non-believers and people who probably don't believe in the gospel at all and he had one chance to defend the faith and defend jesus And he basically didn't. He caved to the ways of the world. Uh, But that's not all. That's not the biggest thing about Hillsong and Hillsong worship and Hillsong Church. There's some other things, such as uh, Brian Houston, who is the founder of Hillsong Church in Australia. He sounds like uh, someone from Finding Nemo, in my opinion, uh, when he talks and he breaches. (laughs) But um, he... um, stated or actually his father i can't remember something houston um was caught doing i think he caught doing pedophilia and basically um brian houston didn't come out and he didn't apologize to the victims he didn't say i'm sorry for my father's actions he basically just addressed um we're just gonna move on move past this it's not that big of an issue Uh, probably in fear that he was going to lose money from his church. But Hillsong is, I I grew up with Hillsong, you know, and it wasn't until recent, probably about two years ago, that I was actually made aware of the fact that these guys are freaking crazy. Excuse my language. Um, So (laughs) they're um, almost cult-like in a way, kind of like Bethel churches. Um, But, I'm gonna go ahead and share a clip. I believe this is of Carl Lentz talking and kinda of let you guys get uh idea of what I'm talking about.
3: Do you believe that only Christians can be
4: in relationship with God?
1: No, I believe that when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, in the way I read that, Jesus said he is the he's the road marker, he's the map. So I think God loves people so much that whether they accept or reject him he's still gracious and he's still moving and he's still giving you massive red blinking lights for mm-hmm. chances to take a, a right turn where maybe you would take a left but I believe God loves people and that's what this whole gospel is based on its love you take the love out of it we've got a moral book
0: there's no <laughs> mention of repentance or um, any any guilt It's all love. It's all love. There's no such thing as God's wrath. It's a gospel of love. Only a gospel of love, Carl Lentz says. The Bible is not just a gospel of love. It's a gospel of just, being a just God, a righteous God. Imputing that righteousness on us is what Jesus does because we are not righteous, again, I'll state that, and this notorious thing of gospel of love, I mean, Snoop Dogg just came out with a new album this month, or last month, whenever it was, saying, the gospel of love, you know, these people are so twisted, I mean, Hillsong's one of the most popular churches, the number one gospel album is by Snoop Dogg, who recently, four years ago, just claimed that he was a Rastafarian, uh, it's just appealing to a crowd. I mean, the the path to hell is very wide, and path to righteousness and is narrow. You know, and Jesus's righteousness is narrow. Um, it it's it's just crazy. Uh, it still blows my mind that people are buying this and the gospel and God's <laughs> word clearly is against these things. And I just want to make everybody aware of this and make them aware of what is going on. And now I want to play something, a, a quick clip. I'm going to end probably pretty soon here, uh, this podcast. But I want to p- play a 30 second clip of the leader and the founder of Hillsong Church, Brian Houston, basically states that Jesus is not the only way, Allah and um all these other gods brian houston claims are the same god as our god here he is brian houston founder of hillsong how do you view god in a desert there's two types of birds there's vultures
1: and there's hummingbirds one lives off dead carcasses rotting meat The other lives off the beautiful, sweet nectar in a particular flower on a particular desert
4: plant. In the same desert, they both find what they're looking for. Do you know, take it all the way back into the Old Testament and the Muslim and you,
0: we actually serve the same God, Allah, to a Muslim, to us, Abba, Father, God. Nothing like promoting the one world religion, huh? Uh, Total, just crazy uh globalization of religion we all serve the same god uh Brian Houston of Hillsong Church believes that um he also had had tweets in the past about gods elect and saying that gods elect doesn't exist basically refuting Calvini- calvinism rebuking calvinism um he definitely is a evangelical preacher um false teacher <laughs> I guess that could be the song. But um, while we're on this one world religion that uh, I guess all of us are, are, is the same God according to Brian Houston, let's hear uh, uh that Rick Warren, purpose-driven Rick Warren, uh, notorious for his book Purpose-Driven Life. Let's hear him talk about what he thinks about the Pope and the Catholics.
5: Let's hear him say it. Talk about Pentecostals, Charismatics, Evangelicals, uh, Fundamentalist, Catholics, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, and on, on and on and on. Well, they would all say, We believe in the Trinity, we believe in the Bible, we believe in the resurrection, we believe salvation is through Jesus Christ. These are the big issues. Sometimes Protestants think that Catholics worship Mary like she's another God. But that's not exactly Catholic doctrine. There's the understanding. And, and people say, well, what are the saints all about? Are, you know, you're, why are you praying to the saints? And when you understand what they mean by what they're saying, there's a whole lot more commonality. Now, there's still real differences. No, no doubt about that. But the most important thing is, if you love Jesus, we're on the same team. The unity that I think we would see realistically is not a structural unity, but a unity of mission. And so when it comes to the family, we are co-workers in the field on this for the protection of what we call the sanctity of life, the sanctity of sex, and the sanctity of marriage. So there's a great commonality and there's no division on any of those three. Many times people have been beaten down for taking a biblical stance. And they start to feel, well, maybe um, I'm out here all by yourself. No, you're not. The church is growing in Latin America. The church is growing in Asia. The church is growing in Africa. It's not growing in North America or Europe, but it is growing everywhere else. And so we kind of have this feeling that maybe we're not uh, uh, as, as influential, but we're far more influential than people realize.
0: there we go again Rick Warren purpose-driven life author um there's so much more about Rick Warren that I would like to share however I I don't want to make this episode extraordinarily long um but I really highly recommend a documentary that I believe is on YouTube called uh purpose-driven life exposed I think something like that um and basically John MacArthur um the great John MacArthur uh, explains uh, what he thinks about the purpose-driven life. A lot of people from um, Grace Community Church actually share their um, their thoughts on purpose-driven life and Rick Warren and the whole whole false prophet shebang going on with him. Very interesting documentary, uh, really well done. I, I think everybody should look up look check out that if if you have any second thoughts about Rick and Rick Warren or if you have any second thoughts about what I'm saying about Rick Warren? Uh, I know a lot of people who uh, are part of the reformed uh, circle that actually like Rick Warren or support Rick Warren, such as Mr. John Piper sat down with an interview with him, and people think, well, that pretty much justifies Rick Warren. That pretty much makes him okay with, our, uh, with the reformed people which is wrong. I don't think it makes him okay because Rick Warren is the kind of guy to go around with the reform people, agree with everything they said, go around with the Catholics, agree with all they say, go around with uh, people who lean more on the liber- liberal left and agree with, with everything they say. He goes over to the conservatives, agree with everything what they say, and he's just all over the place. That's really a marking of a false prophet if I've ever seen one, Purpose Driven Life, a book that he says is up there with the Bible. He compares it to the Bible, basically. <laughs> and Rick Warren, um, people need to be aware of him. And Saddleback's Church, uh, church, false, false teaching, false doctrine. Um, of course, The Case for Christ, if you guys know, that movie came out last year. It's getting a lot of traction right now for some reason. I, I don't know why over a year ago. I really enjoyed the film, but um, I was kind of disappointed to find out uh the guy Lee Strobel um who came to Christ had moved from his own church. He had a big church with big congregation, his own church, and he ends up moving to Saddleback Church and leaves behind his church for Rick Warren's church, probably to make some more money, unfortunately. Um kind of disappointed about that. Um uh, but yeah this is this is intelligent theology, thank you for joining me. It's been a great pleasure. I pray for everyone who has been deceived or being deceived. I pray for the people who are false teachers that hopefully God will uh, soften their heart um, and maybe God can call them among his elect someday. I pray especially for the people who are in the congregations of these churches that uh, they God opens their eyes and maybe, you know, some of them, probably a lot of them might not be saved. And I just really pray for those uh, people to see the true gospel and who Jesus truly is, that nothing they can do could ever get them into heaven. It's all by pure grace through um, sanctification from the Lord. Um, one last thing I would like to touch on before I go is a John Piper issue has been, Uh, dividing a lot of reformed people where they stand with John Piper. Uh, I believe he's made some quotes about saying works and faith. I'd have to go through them and and see uh, exactly what he said, that works and faith are separate. They're not one in one And um, He said faith doesn't necessarily make you right with God and all this stuff, which it does. So John Piper's been kind of off the deep end a little bit, in my opinion. I haven't been agreeing with everything he's saying, Um, and I'm not gonna call him a false prophet or false teacher. I think he's just kind of all over the place right now. It's kind of weird in a way. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything Piper says, as I don't necessarily agree with everything MacArthur says. I think John MacArthur is a solid teacher. I think he is a man, uh, um, a man of God. I think he's part of God's elect. Um, the only issues I kind of have with, uh, MacArthur are um his dispensationalism, um and some of his views when it comes to the Mark of the Beast and stuff like that. I do understand that MacArthur is a hardcore Calvinist, which I respect and I love. Uh I think MacArthur is probably one of the best um teachers and theologians of our time. He he's probably my favorite theologian of, you know, that's alive today. Um, him and RC are just great. I have so much respect and love for both those guys. Um, however, Piper has been, been. I I don't. I really don't know what to think of of John Piper right now. Um, and I would love to hear you guys if you have any thoughts about John Piper and his recent comments. Uh, please, please let me know and tell me what you think. Um, I'll probably have another episode by next week sometime. So be prepared for that. But for now, this is Daniel Chico signing off Intelligent Theology. Thank you guys for your support. Truly love it. God bless all of you. Um, If you guys want to be featured on the episode or involved with Intelligent Theology, please message me on Instagram or the Twitter and I'll get back to you right away. All right. Thank you. Love you guys. God bless.